Hey everyone, welcome to The Elephant on the Couch. The judgment-free podcast where we address the elephant in the room, get it on the couch, and start the conversation. I'm Tanya. And I'm Dulce. Join us. Let's Let's get get uncomfortable. Hello, welcome back. Episode whatever (laughs) of season three. Listen, we are not keeping track of life right now. It's been, as you guys, if you're following season three, we've been a hell of a shit show this season. I'll own it. We We were committed, guys. We really were. We were like, okay. No bullshit, we're going to start strong like we did last year. Oh, last year. <laughs> but you but, know what? Yeah. It, Life has kicked our asses lately. It sure Can has. We? And handed it to us. It's been <laughs> real. Handed it to us. <laughs> it is, it, it's been interesting. We're not trying to complain here, but it's just been mm, very unsteady very all over the place we are just i can't get in the groove of things for some reason i mean your job does have an odd ass schedule no offense it but like, does but it doesn't like i have, and i'm working a job and a part-time job so like it's a mixture of you having a crazy schedule and me working six days a week and like, then life and then life and motherhood and then there's and life yeah but I mean, we're still trying here. We're trying to get back on track with the consistency of recording and editing and uploading on time. And it's, it's, it's commitment. And we, I think we were in a very like good rhythm groove. And then life changed for you. Like we acknowledge on the first episode of this season, we had a lot of changes happen. So it's, it, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're going to get there. It's just a matter of time. I think it's, um, I think the podcast because we try to make it so real and so raw like you know um the podcast is more for our pleasure than you guys tbh low-key like it really does help us i don't know at least me it's a big huge coping mechanism it makes me feel important and um like everything else that we do with self-care like it you have to set that boundary for yourself to do it you have to be intentional right yep. and if we're not intentional we're like dude do you really feel like doing it no dude i'm fucking exhausted like it's been a hell of a week all right then we'll talk next week and then we just do that so yeah. it, I'm, I'm trying to give some grace that's what i'm trying to yeah, do yeah, with yeah. Me and i this. appreciate the grace but i think it's also <laughs> that accountability piece where I honestly, I'm going to take my piece of the pie on this one. I've been slacking. Oh, me too. 100%. I have not been as motivated, I think it's the word. Um, And I've just been slacking, and I'm going to call it what it is. I don't know if it's lack of motivation or what it is. But I also agree with you. I think it's it's the the fact that we're trying to make this very, like, Organic. organic and natural like it doesn't have to be it's not that big of a deal right like i don't feel pressure when we record right i think when we first started i i was like oh i don't want to feel like this is an extra thing on my plate mm-hmm. i want to make sure that this is something that is coming out of the kindness of our heart and right that's what it feels like yeah. i like it i mean i don't like that we've been missing out on dropping episodes but yeah. i like that we're open and honest about who we are how and- how we're Life managing happens. it yeah and speaking of when we first started oh. yay heart we emoji are, 
We are at one year, as we were just like briefing before recording and catching up with each other, we were talking about like, dang, it's been a year already. It's a been a year. So our first year. ever episode of The Elephant on the Couch, the Get to Know Us episode, dropped on May 7th. So probably by the time you're listening to this, it's already been a year. So that's insane that we've been yeah. at this little project, speaking of consistency and whatnot, for, for a year. Insane. Yeah, that is insane. We're gonna throw a birthday party, you guys. Yeah, little surprises coming up. I hope we stick For to our it this one time. Last time we said we're well, gonna. No, do I don't, because yeah, we're gonna I don't do like that. talking about <laughs> things that we're gonna do because then we don't do it and we look very bad. But I was thinking more like we're gonna throw a little piñata, you know, like a little. I'm down. Candy like goodies and. Can we have like some alcohol? And How piñata? cute would that be? A little elephant piñata. Aww. Aww. That's a good idea. And then we invite people. And a whole bunch of waste <laughs> of money. You guys don't understand the extent of Tanya wasting money for the gram when what? it comes to like get togethers. <laughs> oh my God, yes. What? The front. <laughs> what? It's so cute. I love it. What do I front about? Let's get uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the theme of the episode today. Go, go ahead. Oh, but like you always like spend money on decorations when you have get-togethers and parties. They're like perfect for the gram. They really are. Remember when we did that uh, New Year's thing that you did, and you the had like party? you printed out all of our pictures in the last year and had like these little dangly lights with them. Like that was so stinking cute. <laughs> she takes effort, guys. It looks so cute, and then like. Or she did like this uh, baby shower for one of her friends slash cousins. And I don't know which ones are your cousins and which ones are your friends. I love you guys. My, my friends are my cousins. That's exactly. it. Like, the extent of my friends, you're my only friend outside of DNA. <laughs> <laughs> and she had like this little thingy with letters sign thing that matched with everything and had the carafes and the centerpiece and everything like she goes all out when it comes to get together so when you're talking about the little elephant piñata i can just picture it all even in the kindness baskets you had like the sticker and the mm. very detail oriented like oh i love it i love it this is not a complaint i love it I mean, well it did sound like a complaint so check yourself <laughs> rude <laughs> Want to check yourself, <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm really, I'm proud. Within what we were talking about of how not consistent we've been in the past couple weeks, and just keeping it 100. <laughs> I'm really proud that we've stuck with this project for a year now. I think we've both gone through a lot in the past year, and here we are. Staying strong, recording, sharing a little bit of everything, what we do, what's in our head with others. I'm really proud of the little project and I'm really thankful for the our five loyal listeners. Um, <laughs> we see each and every one of these. I see you. Thank you <laughs> for hitting play every Friday morning. Um, no, I really appreciate the support of the people that listen to our little project. Yeah. Like Dulce said, it's more like for us, like a little project thing that we had in mind and we did it and here we are a year later already a year later this is the most we've hung out in a year other For than when real. we work together in the when past year together. i've seen you more than i've seen you in the whatever many years I've known know. you. <laughs> my like, level of anti-socialness is intense guys we went through a pandemic as we were guys 
I've said this before. The first few episodes, we were remote. Mm-hmm. She was in Phoenix, I was in Nogales, and we were recording through a website that allowed us to record simultaneously while See? being in different places. That's another thing to be thankful for COVID. It gave you guys the elephant on the couch. <laughs> the You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were reminiscing because I was like, oh, Mother's Day is around the corner. We should drop an episode about Mother's Day. And she's like, it wasn't that our second episode? Like, oh, my God, it's been oh a year. Sister, sister. <laughs> I, it's it's intense. I, I'm I'm proud of it too. I think I look forward to it whenever we are able to both come to terms with the time. And mm-hmm. there's been times that I've texted her and she thought that I've she thought that she texted me back or vice versa <laughs> or we both assumed a text message meant that we were not gonna <laughs> hang out and then like we both waited for each other but didn't text each other like. It's been, it's been, it's been fun. I love it. It's I love it. I love fun. it. It's been fun. Yeah. I so, our little hangouts. Just so you guys know, every time that we record, we probably hang out for like three hours prior to recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like talking about random shit, drinking, laughing, mm-hmm. and then we're like, okay, we need to get our shit yeah. together I was and like, record. You, you gotta yeah. hit record. Like, <laughs> stat. <laughs> It's well, almost same. We have karaoke. We've had karaoke. We've before. had karaoke <laughs> while pre-recording to get our voices going to <laughs> warm up. Or, oh. <laughs> In case the wine or the coffee doesn't do it, sometimes we do karaoke. Wine it is today. Sometimes we cry it. before we record. Oh my god! You really have to we, get that. Yeah, it's, again, we're keeping it real. We've cried before recording. We've laughed. A lot. I've choked on wine and coffee and water. We've spilled shit around. In the middle of recording, guys. And I'm such a good mixer, you didn't even notice. What's up? Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We didn't fucking understand GarageBand for the life of us. And then we figured it out. We updated our intro and outro. Remember our little intro and outro? I don't know. I know this is tough. (laughs) Please look for help. We are not giving you advice. Don't sue us. Have a great fucking day. <laughs> so it's been it's been a good fun road, I think. I think so too, and hopefully we're gonna stick with it for a little bit more. A lot more. A lot more. A lot more. Until ever, we're we have Oprah ever, as our guest and ever. <laughs> But as you kind of gave it up already a little bit ago, we're going to be talking a little bit again about motherhood. I know we did that one episode about motherhood in general, but we... It was in general. Yeah, and as we were talking and things that have happened and things that continue to come up, we felt like the need to, hey, let's talk about that. Certain specific things around motherhood. Yeah, I think the big, the big, I was, I was telling Tanya motherhood, like Mother's Day is around the corner and I've been faced by a lot of conversations around mommy guilt and mommy shame Mm -hmm. and what that entails in, in having really tough conversations with mommy friends about the guilt of leaving your kid at daycare an extra two hours because you want to go work out Mm -hmm. or calling off work and staying home and taking your kid to daycare or having a nanny or 
not working and not being able to cook dinner that day. Like just so many stigma around what a mother should be or a mother should do or and they don't or shouldn't or wouldn't or whatever. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, crap. And um, yeah, I really wanted to just go over that and normalize some of the things that, I, that I've mentioned to some people uh, in providing grace and talking about how tough mother motherhood is and just really diving deep into this elephant mm -hmm. in the room yeah so we want to focus this episode more around that around the already built-in stigma guilt expectation yeah the guilt that comes with uh, pretty much from the moment that you get pregnant because the moment you get pregnant i mean let's bring it bring it back now y'all <laughs> um even just a long time but add brain kind of love guys even before you get pregnant right like the whole like when are you having babies and da -da 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 -da, and like why are you not having babies so all that pressure building in when you get pregnant all the opinions and unsolicited advice so that's building up this like i was i was a single mom since i got pregnant i i was not i am a sinner so god forgive me but i was not married when i got pregnant i was finishing my master's program i was in my last semester of my master's program when i found out i was pregnant and when i found out i was pregnant i was like the happiest woman alive like i was so excited and so happy about everything that had to do with motherhood because i always wanted to be a mother you know that i was like yay and then like i step out to the real world and it was kind of like and you're not married it was the first thing that like i was approached by like random people by who <laughs> just like because i worked at a restaurant at the time and you know i'd be like oh i'm pregnant you know to people or guests or friends or i don't know if i want to call them friends but just people that i worked with And they were like, oh, my God, that must be really hard because you're in your master's program and you're not married. Like it, mm. it there was there's so much of a woman that's expected when it comes to motherhood that if you don't like come close to the expectation, there is so much shame, mm -hmm. like just a society shame. Right. And and not only when you get like. Then you get pregnant and then it's like, well, you can't drink coffee and you can't drink this and you can't drink alcohol. And how dare you smoke cigarettes? How dare you smoke weed? You're going to make this baby crazy. Like, dee -dee 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 -dee. like you're literally constricted to so many expectations. Like, oh, you can't be drinking a certain type of tea because that's going to make your baby come early. Like, be careful how much sex you have because that might hurt. Like, it, there are so many, like could have, would have, should have of society puts upon you when you're, mm. even when you're pregnant, you know? Right. Yeah, that's one I can imagine, like I've disclosed many times, <laughs> I'm not a mom, but I can imagine, and I've seen, uh, I've experienced like from the outside, like people, the amount of pressure, all the questions, all the opinions of like, you shouldn't eat this, or you should exercise more, or stay active during pregnancy so you don't, game weight or whatever bullshit right so and how all of that is like building up and then all the hormonal changes that you're going through and all this opinions and unsolicited advice and pressure and guilt and shame <laughs> and then boom 
you have the baby and there's more to that. Right. There, I have this very vivid memory, and my comadre, who is one of one of the five lawyer listeners, <laughs> um, she, she, we we went. I was really craving Lynn's. Lynn's here in Arizona for the ones that are out of state is like a Chinese buffet, and it's like really big. It's super intense, <laughs> and I was like, I need Chinese food. So her and another friend of mine um, took me to eat Lynn's, and I fucking grubbed like i mean like six plates by myself and both of them girls were looking at me like this bitch is gonna eat and i went home and i swear i had like the worst barfing in my life i went into my bathroom and i was just barf like it was so intense like i'm sure you could hear it like outside of my apartment and my comadre was just sitting there with my friend like their their legs crossed just looking at each other like hmm that's a hard one. Oh my God, that probably hurts. It's just <laughs> waiting for me to like get out of the fucking bathroom. But like, it's, you know, to me, those are like cute memories, as nasty yeah. as it is, but just, <laughs> you know, like these are things that you share. It's, it's a very intense process. Like your body changes, your boobs get bigger, everything hurts, you're three times more tired than usual. Like. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a whirlwind of like emotions and changes and everything. It and to look at it like, oh well, you lost ten pounds instead of gaining twenty. That's not good for the kid. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And that's just the beginning. Yeah, exactly right. Because it, it that's what I'm saying. Like, it starts even before you get pregnant, right? And then, I mean, if we really want to go there, there's people that are going through. IBF or trying to get pregnant and again all the unsolicited advice of like you should eat this or don't eat this or don't put your computer neck don't be close to your cell phone don't be on your cell phone as much because of the radiation and you're trying to get pregnant and I mean all these things right so that's what I'm saying like it it starts even before you get pregnant if you're trying Mm -hmm. if you're actively trying to get pregnant even if you're not they question why are you not if you're 30 something why don't you have any kids oh you're mexican and 35 you don't have any kids what's wrong with you nothing (laughs) let the record show that there's absolutely nothing wrong with me (laughs) but uh but it starts there so that's what we're saying this is something that starts building pre right like all that pressure about having kids and meeting certain expectations and the standard and all of that gets drilled into our brains yeah and then the people that do end up getting pregnant and having babies it starts there all this guilt and shame that it's already wired within your own brain and then you get the outside noise too of the opinions and the unsolicited advice and the shame and the guilt and the opinions and the pointing fingers and don't do this do that instead right uh, i think like a big piece of of birth is like having vaginal birth versus versus having a c-section having a premature child um still birth any kind of anything related to birth like people create this expectation of this like very romanticized <laughs> birth like what was Guys, your expectation? Dude, I... <laughs> Walk me through what you were thinking your birth was going to be like. <laughs> oh, I love this. Um, I... Okay, so I 
I really wanted my birth to be typical in the sense that I am one of those nerds that want to learn everything and anything about the subject. So I bought myself a bunch of books. I was tracking every week of pregnancy. I was preparing for <laughs> the unexpected. And like, so I went and laminated my birth plan. <laughs> This bitch. <laughs> I literally went and I so laminated. Wait, let, let me recap for the them <laughs> listeners. So you went on your computer, opened a Word document, typed step by step what your expectation was going to be the day that you gave birth. Yes. And then printed this out. <laughs> at the library because I didn't have a printer at home. Okay, so you went to the public library, paid probably 10 cents per copy, printed out something, and went, went and Went to the papeleria, because I was in Nogales. Went to the papeleria, <laughs> the whatever store. Fax, stop, FedEx. Like a FedEx store in Mexico. Uh, and then you laminated that shit. And I, 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 yes. okay. and I didn't just laminate the plan, I laminated cards. Because you get into so much... I wasn't going to get the epidural. I was just going to have a normal birth in my head. Uh-huh. And so I created index cards. I created a card that said, no bottle feeding. Long letters, a circle that crossed the bottle. Go ahead. <laughs> and then you turn, the bo- like, you turn the card around and it said like, breastfeeding only. And then I had another card that said like, Chest to chest touch immediately, like capital letters immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no epidural. Like I did like four of them, and then my birth plan was like it was just about like having my mom present and making sure that I wasn't gonna have the epidural, that my baby, as soon as she came out of me, I was gonna be able to hold her. Um, you know, like I had this expectation that I was gonna. Uh, push the baby up until like maybe a day I was gonna be in pain. I had already like prepped my mind for it, and Estrella just decided to come whenever the fuck she wanted to come. I went to, I, I remember telling her dad, like, oh, we're having her on Monday. Like, I know she's coming on Monday. And he was like, you're tripping. Like, you don't know that. And guess who was here on Monday? Little Estrellita. Like, um, I went to my doctor's appointment. I think it was like my 40, 39 week or 38 week. I don't remember. And the doctor was like, oh, you're three centimeters dilated. You're the first time parent. I was like, yeah, I already know. I read it. I'm oh. going to be in labor for 24 hours. It's okay. I already figured Big it out. Big head. Yes. And, and no, Estrella was here by noon. I, I remember being in a lot of pain and trying to walk and drink the teas that I read were good. And doing like, and at like around 1230, I was telling my brother, like, I need to eat that yellow thing. I was talking about pineapple. But I couldn't even say it because I was so delirious. And he was like, no, you need to go to the hospital. That's what the fuck you need to do. So I ended up going to the hospital. And needless to say, I my laminated papers were like all over the place because I got there and Estrella was already crowning. And and then she came out. I mean, which I, I think the, the idea, like I can appreciate that, right? Like, again, no shame. This is the episode about like no shaming people. So if you like this idea that Dulce just <laughs> walked us through... Um, 
girl, I, I have my bags. It, but it sounds like it was giving you peace of mind. Like you were doing it so for yourself so that you could understand what to expect or what you were expecting of the moment. Like kind of like that control of like, all right, if I have this idea, like a roadmap of what to what And I happen. can't imagine for mothers that are in the same boat as me that are like control freaks or like really exactly. have anxious, like anxiety when it comes to like the unknown. And then the doctor's like, your baby has the umbilical cord around their head. We need to do a C-section today. Right. Fuck! Like, that is so traumatizing because right. it's... You have no say of this, like, gigantic cut that's going to go through your body. And then it gets twisted in your brain that you did something wrong. You failed or you're not woman enough because you couldn't deliver your baby <laughs> vaginally. Oh, I hate that. Like, <laughs> I, hate it, <laughs> I hate when I do that. I just hate, like... I, I don't hate. Hate is a big word. But it just... Oh, it makes me feel so uncomfortable when I hear the you're not mother enough because you had. Do you think that females really sit here and want to have a C-section? The recovery time of a C-section is two, three, even four weeks old. You have a big old scar from one hip to another. It takes so long. The scar actually gets pretty stinky if you gain weight. Mm-hmm. Like you have literally staples around it because it's not. It's not like a little tiny scar, like, no, it's like a line with like dots around it of the staples where you got like the C-section. Right. Who in their right mind thinks that a female literally comes in and says, can I have a C-section please? You know what's good today? Getting cut. Yeah. I want my cooch to stay tight. Can you please make sure that you like cut that? Like, no, no. I I mean, and if that was your decision because you want to keep your coochie tight, that that is your decision it's your body there is no shame but the whole idea of you're not mother enough like mm-hmm. i just i can't like yeah the moment that you start creating another life and giving up your body to do so makes you mother enough mm-hmm. p re ed <laughs> like it, it's just it's so much work like you are constantly tired. You're constantly hungry. You're constantly sick. Being pregnant is a pain in the butt. Like this whole like, I loved being pregnant is a bunch of crap. Some people are though. I loved being pregnant. <laughs> I loved my third child. I loved wandering around with my big old belly and being unable to walk. Like mm-hmm. because I felt like I was protecting her. But I couldn't sleep. If I got, like, three hours of sleep, I was blessed. Mm -hmm. And then when she was born, ooh, girl. When they're born, it's a lot worse. Because you're constantly, you know, they, like, scare the crap out of you about stillbirth. Mm -hmm. And then about, like, um, what is it, SIDS? Mm -hmm. Like, they scare the shit out of you. Like, you better not put no pillows around the baby because it can get SIDS. Mm -hmm. You better not put blankets on the baby because it can get SIDS. Mm -hmm. And if you're Mexican, your mom is going to have you put pillows all around the baby so they don't roll over and fall off. <laughs> and they're going to have this thick-ass Mexican blanket on there. And you're San like, Marcos. Yeah, 100%. You know, and then you have to sit there and be like, no, the baby's going to die if I leave it like that. And they're like, that mm-hmm. baby's going to die. Ta loco. Like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? So there's like, you know, you have like the information from your family and then you have the information from the doctor and I, I remember, like, Estrella falling asleep, and she'd be asleep for, like, 40 minutes hard, no moving. And I would come in and, like, wet my finger and put it under her nose just to make sure she was breathing. Like, okay, she's breathing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're constantly worried about this little human. You know, they cry over not being able to burp, and you don't know what the heck to do. Like, 
you feed them, you change their diaper, you turn them around, you walk them, you sing to them, you do everything, and this damn child wants to keep fucking crying. And it was just a burp or a fart. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's insanity. It's literally like living in the unknown. Yeah. Constantly. And that, all of that contributes already to that guilt because you're questioning constantly if you're good enough, if you're doing a good job, if you're hurting 100%. your kid, if you, why can't you make them stop crying? Why can't you just know what's wrong and have all the answers? This whole like, follow your mom intuition is a bunch of crap. Is, that, is there such a thing as mom intuition? I think there's some, like enough, like your boobs, if you're breastfeeding, you're, and even if you're not breastfeeding, your boobs feel weird when your baby's hungry. Some moms are very sensitive to it. Other, others are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you can hear the difference in between the cry of pain versus the cry of, I just want to go to sleep and I'm cranky because I want to stay awake. I don't you know. learn to know the difference. Yeah, like you, you learn. But I don't think that there's such a thing where your baby comes out and you're like, oh... I feel my baby telling me in my brain <laughs> that they want attention. Like, no. Oh, my God. And t- toddler years are even worse. Like, all oh, their little personalities so, come out. <laughs> so, their little seven personalities. So, let's talk a little bit about how that contributes to postpartum depression, though. Right? Because that we're talking about, like, that guilt and shame and all of that. And a lot of people, it's 2021 already, a lot of moms go through this in silence because of that shame and guilt of like, how dare I say that I'm depressed when I just had a baby and it's supposed to be the best time of my life and giving birth and having my baby and whatever. So a lot, a lot, a lot of people suffer in silence from this postpartum depression, whether it's because of guilt, of shame, of like, I'm not good enough, how dare I? Um, this is supposed to be the best time of my life. But it's a real thing. And um, I, I hear think, it all the time. I think there's... I had a friend of mine. If, if she's listening, she'll know who she is. This woman did everything she possibly could to give birth to her first child. Like, I mean everything. Tried the castor oil and the teas and everything. Like, the whole nine yards. And the baby was like, nope. Not today, mama. <laughs> <laughs> And she was probably like in labor for like two days. I mean, it was it was a lot. And the conversation around like, you have to let it be something natural. There is an instinct in us that are like, this baby needs to get the f- out. Like mm-hmm. it needs to come out yesterday. What is happening? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get induced. I'm going to the hospital. I'm telling the doctor this needs to come out. Yeah. And then once it comes out and you're expected to be happy and grateful and everything and your body's completely out of whack and you're exhausted all of the time it's like is this what i signed up for like is mm-hmm. <laughs> is this real like i they made it look so pretty in the huggy commercials <laughs> but the pampers baby <laughs> it's i mean it's cute you get like those little blissful moments here and there but I was telling Tanya earlier, like, especially if you're breastfeeding, there are some people that are able to get their babies to latch on right away and bless their souls for being able to do that. But there's others that the baby doesn't latch on as good. The milk is not coming out as much. Your nipple you know? is not big enough. Oh, my God. Or it's too big. Or it's too big, yeah. Um, and you start, like, 
there comes a point where you <laughs> you get tired of holding the baby. I was telling Tanya, like, this whole idea that you have, like, your bassinet and, like, the crib next to your bed. And you <laughs> breastfeed them and then you carry them and lay them down. And they just look so precious asleep. It's a bunch of lies. Lies told on Twitter. <laughs> you put the damn baby down and they're like, Mama, where's my tit? They stop crying again. Like they don't stop. It's it's literally nonstop. So what you, what I decided to do was I'm just gonna sleep with my baby while she's breastfeeding, and it meant me sitting up in a very awkward position Mm -hmm. while she was laying on some sort of now they call it the boppy pillows, but you know like a bunch of pillows around where the baby could like latch on. And then you start like switching positions. Then you have like this weird like body under your armpit position so that you can have some sort of movement on the other side. You have them laying up. The doctor's like, don't have them drink like that. Oh, motherfucker, my back hurts. <laughs> it, it, it's, just, it's just too much. And, and I actually got postpartum depression and I had to get on antidepressants during this time and it crushed me because it really made me feel mm-hmm. like i wasn't a good enough mom right so how do you know i had to stop breastfeeding to take it for the people that either have gone through it and they're not sure what happened or people that are going through it or people that have somebody in their family that just had a baby what are some of the symptoms how you can tell that you're going through it and you're not just like insane for feeling this way um a huge gigantic lack of motivation lack of desire to take care of yourself um inability to get up from the bed like you just want to be in bed um crying spells uh the idea of like not being worthy of being a mom or being a crappy mom is like literally over your head 24 7 Mm. um there's no desire to do more than just the basic. And I think nine times out of 10, uh, women that are surviving postpartum depression are doing the bare minimum. And because they're doing the bare minimum, they get stuck in the, I'm okay. Cause they're able to like feed their baby, put their baby to sleep. Like they're able to survive, mm. but they haven't showered in three days. <laughs> you know, they haven't been able to sleep thoroughly. Like. The so, support system is so gigantic in that piece. You so don't how sleep. do you know if it's just you can't shower because you can't because you have a newborn and it's that fear of sits and what might happen if you take your eyes off the baby versus knowing it's depression. When you can't shower because you don't have time, you have the desire to mm. shower. Okay. Like, oh my God, I can't wait to get in the shower. This is going to feel so good. get all this out of me right um versus the uh is it really necessary for me to shower i just need to sleep fuck this like Mm. it's a very negative or lack of motivation perspective Mm -hmm. okay 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 so it's pretty i mean it's pretty similar to depression right like yeah it's I, i mean they go hand in hand the difference in between typical depression and postpartum is that your hormones were like super high Mm -hmm. and you were like doing all then you give birth and you go through this like low-key euphoria of like oh my god this is the best thing that's ever happened to me and then like you crash down like it's like Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. of hormones and emotions. Right. And it's really hard to get back up. So the, the difference between typical depression and postpartum depression, it's, it's just a hormone piece, mm-hmm. pretty much. But it's pretty typical to a... Right. I think I was at my wit's end when I found myself waking up, breastfeeding her, putting her to sleep, sitting in my room by myself, staring at the wall, just crying. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like a... <gasps> like the good cry that we've talked about. It was just like tears falling down my face with the flat affect, just like, my life sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so just know those are some of the symptoms and it's it's normal it happens right like there it doesn't mean that you're not a good mom it doesn't mean that you did something wrong it doesn't mean that you're weird or that you're ungrateful for having this miracle of giving birth and creating a life and you're not grateful and you should be um, it's just it happens right I, it, it, that big old change in hormones you nine months of having all those hormones and creating this life and then boom it's all gone and the moment you give birth and that all of it but you know what i mean so it's it's pretty normal it could happen it's not out of the norm it's nothing weird so give yourself some grace if you're going through this know that there is help like Dulce is saying there is you can get on medications temporarily until it gets better until you find the tools and the skills to cope with it um but no shame in using your support system like you were saying i think it's one of the biggest things and we often talk about the importance of having a support system there's a saying right that it takes a village the, that village starts from the moment you get pregnant help and then when you have the baby people that bring you like your little sopa your caldo de pollo like all those Tomate things that's so you, you can heal yeah so you can heal so it's the same it's it's in and that's what i was talking to tanya earlier like in our culture we have the cuarentena which is a 40 day time frame after you not get a covid birth. quarantine <laughs> not a covid quarantine absolutely not oh my god covid um but the, the cuarentena is 40 days after yeah. the mother gives birth. And so in our culture, and, and I don't know about the rest of Mexico, but in my Sonora culture, <laughs> um, the cuarentena is like a holy time. It's a time where your mother-in-law comes and stays with you or your mom comes and stays with you or your sister or whoever. And you're supposed to be wearing a, a faja. How do you say a faja in Spanish, in English? Uh... A girdle? Girdle? Think so. Girdle? Something I don't know like that. Right. You're like the wrong person. <laughs> but you're supposed to be wearing this. You're supposed to be on a, like a strict diet, 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 diet of like no shrimp, no chorizo, no. I mean, nothing spicy. Nothing or... spicy. Pretty much just soup, like bland soups, like and oatmeal and milk because that helps your milk supply apparently. Um, you're supposed to not walk barefoot because if you walk barefoot, you like dry your milk. I'm using little quotation marks here. No sex. No sex in those 40 days. That is accurate. Um, you're supposed to always have your back covered because if you don't have it covered, then your milk dries. Again, going back to the milk drying good enough bullshit (laughs) perspective. But the piece of that that I think it's important is the 40 days Mm -hmm. where a lot of moms get two weeks off of work. And then they're back at work two weeks later and then just expect to go back to your normal lives. And if you're one of those moms that is capable of doing that, you do you, honey. Good for you. But for the other moms that are not, me being part of them, you know, it. there is nothing I mean, two wrong weeks with it. I think is it's like important. Nothing. I know. Two weeks is nothing 
And I mean, if, when we talk about trauma and attachment and all of that, two weeks is not enough for a healthy attachment and you being with your baby. And again, if you're going through all these hormonal changes and you're going through your own shit, two weeks of maternity leave. And then it's either the mom or the dad. Right? Like, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. And we need better maternity leave in this country. That's why I'm waiting to have babies. <laughs> Good luck. Imagine. Wait. Um, but two weeks is not enough. It just isn't. Especially for like quarantena thing, like two weeks is what, like ten days. Mm-hmm. Where's the other month that we need to heal? Yeah, right? professionally, if you're if you're in a job, like you're like, all right, we need you back in two weeks. And and there is no shame in needing help from people. I think I hear um, in the conversations that I've had with moms is I don't want to shower because if I shower, I'm worried that the baby's not taken care of. Well, where are you leaving the baby with the dad? Crickets. Who is the best person to take care of your baby other than yourself? The dad, according Hopefully. to yeah. the court of uh-huh. law. <laughs> Something was to happen to you. That's where the baby's going. Yeah. So, you know, like letting go of that Wonder Woman motherhood expectation and allowing dad to be dad and you to take your 40 minute shower. That's where you assuming shave everything. Assuming right? you have a supportive partner. Yeah, and because you, that's another thing. Sometimes those roles oh are very, God. very ingrained in people, and the dad is like, "Hey, the baby's crying." Like, okay, do you not hear it? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, there is some machismo still going on in twenty twenty one. Oh, they absolutely. They expect the mom, like, "Hey, the baby's like pooped." I I was just having this conversation the other day actually with my partner, and I said, you know, like, oh, I feel so bad for some of the moms that I speak with because. You know, there's no grace. They're not getting any grace. He said, and mind you guys, he's he's a good guy. But he says, well, if you're at home and you're not doing anything and you're with the baby, then, like, why not get everything done? And I'm like, do you understand what it's like to have a newborn crying every hour and a half for your boob? Like, Literally objectifying you. (laughs) How dare it? And your vagina still like bleed, like bleeding, like you bleed a lot. It just, I'm gonna get a little graphical for the males here in the audience, but you really need to wear like a diaper, because it it it's more than the regular bleeding, and it can last up to two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you need to get sewn down there because the baby just opens it too much. So you have stitches down there that you need to be fucking cleaning. And at the same time, you need to be walking and pumping and sleeping and, and making dinner and, and making dinner and cleaning the house. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Let me ask your sister to come over and help me the fuck out. Because I, mm-mm, mm-mm. But, that, but, but here, here what you just said, right? So you're talking about your partner and like you're saying he's pretty progressive and not so caught up on those macho roles. Yet, it's still like if you really dig, dig deep, deep down, that expectation is there, right? Like, well, if you're a stay-at-home mom, I don't see why you can't do it. Just because you remove that nine-to-five job from somebody you still have all of these other factors playing into it. You're recovering your body, your hormones, your own health. You're having this baby, your worries, your fears. 
you're learning this new role, you have all this other stuff going on, emotionally, mental, yet the expectation is still there. Well, you're a stay-at-home mom. You should be able to handle it. And that's what we're saying. It's very individual. It's what works for you. That's why this episode is about. It's not about shaming or or putting expectations or putting my values. If I am that kind of mom that chooses to be a stay-at-home mom, and I choose to be that superhero mom, and I want to do my best and put that amount of pressure on myself, that's my choice. If I am that other mom that is super like aware of my needs and like fuck everybody and I'm just going to do me and heal and I don't care what you say, but I'm just going to, as long as I have that peace and my mental health and my baby's okay, I don't care if the house, the house is falling apart and you're, whatever opinion you have of what I should or shouldn't be doing, don't give a fuck, you know, like great, that works for me. Right. But somewhere along the way, what we're talking about is we as women internalize this role of that Wonder Woman mentality that we have to do it all. We have to. We must. Right. And and 95 percent of everything that we're experiencing as mothers is out of our control. It what is out of our control? What was the 95 percent? Okay. (laughs) Pretty high percent. That's pretty hefty it really it really isn't like you can do the perfect routine for your baby you can wake them up the same day every day feed them the same amount of ounces for the same week make sure that you pump whatever you're supposed to give them organic food and the little shits are still going to cry over colic (laughs) (laughs) god damn (laughs) i i vividly remember estrella staying up and she it was like a three no bullshit guys like I had my schedule. It wasn't, I wasn't a strict, crazy schedule, mom, even though you might believe I was because of the laminated (laughs) restrictions, but I wasn't. I just kind of went with the flow with her and we kept a pretty steady schedule. And this day, I don't know what the fuck it was, but she wasn't having it. I carried her, tried to put her asleep for a whole hour. My mom carried her, tried to put her asleep for a whole hour. My brother came in and stepped in and tried carrying her. It is 3 o'clock in the morning and this child is still not going to sleep. And my dad was like, don't worry, I got it. He put on some Mexican songs and started dancing to her. After two songs, she passed out. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Fucking what? And there's so many things that, like, we can't even explain or prevent and it's out of our control like mm-hmm. i don't i look back at that day and there's absolutely nothing i could have done different it was a typical fucking day like all seven of them before literally <laughs> like the moon there's this running joke in mental health behavioral health yes. field like right it's a full moon october rolls around and we freak out in mental health like oh shit door's coming all of our brace yourselves right like even like at the hospital, we have, like, crazy nights, and then we look out the window. Oh, yep, it's a full moon, <laughs> right? So even, like, for babies, like, it's a full moon. He's, she's a, I don't know, Libra, whatever. <laughs> whatever other Set bullshit. Satire of the month. Sagittarius, <laughs> little personality. Sagittarius? Is that like, Sagittarius? Sagittarius, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I don't speak horoscope. But, like, I hate when people ask me that. It's like... Yeah, what are you? I don't know. Aquarius. Aquarius, I guess. I mean, I, just, I know what I am. Have them, have them text me. I'll tell them all about you. 
we have to do another episode about that because <laughs> but anyways um yeah things are outside of your control you can have the perfect routine you can be this like perfect mother or trying your damn best yet there's still gonna be something that happens that makes you question how worthy and you somehow are. somewhere a little karen will pop out of the woods <laughs> and give you some unsolicited advice good old karen's hey that's my name I know it's hilarious because she's like, Am I a Karen? <laughs> well, well, I have potential. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> There's potential in me to be a Karen. Yeah, like if you're popping out your boob in public to feed your child. Cover. Oh my God, that is so disgusting. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. If your child is throwing, I, that happened to me. My kid was throwing a tantrum. See, this is the thing. I don't beat Estrella. I'm not. I'm not a beating kind of parent. I have before, once or twice. Like, like not physical like, discipline. Like physical not discipline, discipline. not beating right. like abuse, but like a couple nalgadas here and there. You know, it just, it just needed to happen. But when it comes to public display of power, <laughs> AKA as tantrums in the fucking store, I just don't fuck with that shit. Like you are going. We're leaving the cart where it is. I'm not pushing through this. I'm throwing you over my shoulder, and we're getting the fuck out. That's what's gonna happen. I don't sit here and try to bribe with terrorists, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You are going to the car. We will have a grown-up conversation. And if you're able to manage it, we're coming back. And if you're not, we're going home. And guess who ain't going to have more milk today? (laughs) So (laughs) I had Estrella throw a tantrum. She was in the car. Just a little bit. She was a little bit older now. She was already, like, in her five-ish. And this lady randomly... We're in the middle of the, the thing. nerve. Yeah, this lady's like, she needs a little bit of discipline so she can stop acting like that. And I said, in. I said, and you need a slap in the face so you can shut the fuck up. You said that? <laughs> yes, I did. Girl. And it was in Spanish. Because <laughs> it was, I was in El Super. You guys don't know what it is, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she, I, I think she was Latina from somewhere that wasn't Mexico. You know, esa niña necesita disciplina. Y tu cara necesita un puñetazo para que te caes el hocico. Say louder, girl. <laughs> but it just that, like, what? How did she uh, react? She stayed like really quiet, didn't know what to do, and then Damn right, started bitch. talking shit like in like the low, you know, like when they say it's like mumbling, like yeah, like. I, I, I sh- okay. You should have been like, say what? You have another opinion? <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to go to jail. Like, yeah, bring it on. Look at bring Tanya. Tanya's, uh-uh. Tanya's mom is coming out. <laughs> Girl. I wish. <laughs> I am waiting. I probably will. I probably won't because I'm very passive. But I am waiting for the day that a Karen comes up to me or somebody <laughs> that I care for. Like, girl. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> But it's it, nerve. it really is. It's easy for people to just judge based on what they're seeing. Right. They're seeing two seconds of this dynamic. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, we were talking about like electronics. Exhibit A, my child has been in an electronic device for the last three hours since I've been here. <laughs> two. Two hours. She went in the pool and now she's still in her electronic device for longer than two hours. And we we're just talking about how that could be something that people judge right, right. away. Like Because full disclosure, I have being a therapist, being all about being giving people grace, understanding, context, 
I don't know what's going on, so I'm not going to give my opinion person. I try to live my life as much as I can on that side of the road. But the human in me and the culture in me kicks in sometimes. And I, I can be judgmental, right? It's a human thing. Um, and and I, I've, I've dabbled <laughs> my way on both, like, where I... I see the the effects, I guess, or the side effects or the long-term consequences, whatever, of technology. Like, mm-hmm. with, like everything, balance, right? Where I'm all about balance and whatever. But I, I, I've been on that place myself where I'm judgmental of like, oh, maybe this kid shouldn't be on the electronic as much or what are they doing? Or I see people in restaurants and the kid immediately like pulls the tablet and it's on the thing and... And part of me, again, acknowledges, hey, if that's what's going to give this mother peace and quiet and calm to eat her meal and have some three seconds of peace and calm to herself and five minutes of self-care, then by all means, get the tablet, survival. That's what matters. But then again, that part of me also kicks in. I'm like, eh, rah, 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 rah. like maybe they shouldn't spend that time on the tablet. I'm going to own it. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. And judgmental. And the conversation to that with Tanya was that no matter how many books you've read, exhibit A myself, <laughs> and how many seminars you've attended, and how many letters you have after your name, how many or times how you've taken love and logic, <laughs> wisdom, right? How many wisdom you have, how much of a great grandma, and all your kids are in Ivy League schools. No matter how quote unquote perfect you are, somehow, somewhere, your kids are gonna find their way to creep their little selves back into non controllable situations <laughs> where you just have to figure it the fuck out out of instinct, you know? And it, whether it's electronics, whether it's the inability to set boundaries, whether it's candy. Is so fucking sassy. Oh my god, she eats a lot of candy. That's definitely one of my flaws. Um, because in my house, we all do. So we all eat a lot of candy. My mom will eat a whole bag by herself. Um, you know, it, there's just days that she's just going to have mac and cheese and maruchan. Shrug my shoulders as I say this. There are some days that she's going to be in the tablet for six hours and mommy's going to be the fuck napping. That's where mommy's going to be. There are days that she's going to be in daycare all day with the babysitter while mommy was taking a nap and going to get a massage and getting her toes done. And it might sound selfish for people that are not used to it, but the way that I see it and the way the conversations that I've been having with moms lately is I prefer for Estrella to see a happy, loving mom who has a lot of patience rather than an irritable angst angry mom that's going to be lashing out on her Mm -hmm. i have never in my entire life have i heard a child say i am traumatized for the amount of cartoons i saw on a saturday never in the 10 years of therapy that i've done have i heard a, a kid say oh my god my mom used to leave me on saturdays watching tv and i'm so traumatized no the damage of the child looking watching tv while i nap is little compared to the damage of me being angry and irritable and out of my mind because I haven't had the rest that I needed. Mm. You know, and then when you start looking at it in that perspective, I think it really provides that grace and really enforces that self-care as being a necessity more than a luxury. Self-care is not a luxury. Self-care is a necessity. Everybody needs to rest at some point in time. And children do not allow you to do that. Stay at home moms. They really don't. They no, really they don't. need your attention like all the time. 
I want this kind of breakfast. Oh no, I didn't like the one you gave me. Can you remake There's it? There's like on social media, I've seen so many like videos of like, I don't know what they call him. Like I don't have TikTok, but like, mom, mom, look at me. And then it's something really stupid. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, like, yay, kid! Like <laughs> you're like thumbs up, like good job, and it's something so <laughs> fucking stupid. But they needed you to look at them, like jump two millimeters off the floor, like look at me, look at me, mommy, 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 <laughs> yay! And that's that's an example of how freaking needy this terrorist can be. <laughs> accurate, accurate. Yeah. But that's that self-care, right? So, again, I've been on that other side of the coin of I'm judgmental. And I'm like, oh, maybe. Why is that kid on the tablet? But I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this kid is going through something, if the mom is going through something, if they're going through whatever, right? And this tablet is that safety or the cell phone that's giving this kid, like, some peace of mind and the mom. And it's just those five minutes that I'm looking at it. But other than that, the other 20 hours, the mom is actively playing with them and engaging and playing games and reading books and all this other stuff or cleaning and cooking yeah like to me my love my love for estrellas explained by cooking if i cook her a good ass meal and then i see her be like oh mommy these enchiladas are so bomb yes bitch who's your mama Who is is yo mama what's up speaking of mom shaming did you just call your girl your daughter a bitch Yes, bitch. <laughs> I was saying in general, not yeah, calling her okay, a bitch. Okay. But, you know, I, I really do. I, for me, cleaning and cooking and having her clothes folded and her clothes washed and the house clean, that's a form of love. Beautiful. That's your love language. For mm-hmm. other moms, it's the house is a mess and they're sitting on the floor reading a book or playing Barbies or playing Legos with their kids. Dude. Then so be it. Confession. I fucking hate playing games with my kid i don't think they heard that <laughs> i buy like table games because i hate playing games with my kid <laughs> <laughs> but i try to wing it so she thinks it's fun the end but it, it like the, i think that that's what makes it real mm-hmm. i don't feel like going to the park i think i saw a thing like <laughs> I'm not trying to push you guys on the swings. It's for you guys to lose energy, not myself. Like, go ahead and play. Like, I am yeah. not. Uh-huh. And and it's it's 100% true. Like, sometimes they're going to get Little Caesars pizza. It is what it is. Yeah. The worst of the worst, my $5 pizza. That mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's real cheese. Yeah. So this episode is for that, to remind you as a mom, as a sister, as a brother, as a relative, as a friend, as somebody that knows a mom, that there is a lot going on already internally, hormonally, emotionally, mentally, in a mom's life, the moment that you create a life and or the moment that you can't and whatever. Um, there's a lot already going on. Like They don't need our two cents as far as opinions, unsolicited advice, trying to push like shove my values down their throat of like how I would do things like I wouldn't give my kids a, a tablet at dinner time I wouldn't give feed them sugar or juices or soda whatever it's whatever gives them peace and and it it works for them and it it is what it is we can't force what we would do or should have would have could have on somebody else Right, so this episode is to remind you, mom, if you're listening to this, that 
this is you're doing your best with what you have with the and tools that you have you and that's do. all that matters as long as you're not abusing your kid intentionally you're not causing trauma on them you're not like intentionally Thinking. damaging them then you're doing your best you love this little terrorist you are doing the best that I you really can do. and that's what matters not it doesn't matter what they're eating like as far as like the best organic healthiest food no shame in you drinking a glass of wine no shame in you giving them a tablet a cell phone to give you five minutes of peace no shame in you wanting to send them to a certain school and not this other one whatever opinions people have if you don't produce milk you're not less of a woman because of it if you had a c-section doesn't make you less worthy of having a kid it's about that. If you decide to hire a nanny so that you can go get that massage, or if you're a stay-at-home mom or you work from home and you hire somebody to come and help you and people are shaming you for that, it, it, it ain't their business. Mm-hmm. Say it with me. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it together. Fuck, Fuck it. it. A la chingada. <laughs> if somebody in the super comes up to you and says, like, that girl needs whatever, tell them. Your face needs a slap in the face. And then follow through with the slap. Because, girl. The boundaries yeah. that they're telling you to set with your kids, set it with them. Right? Like, be like, thank you, but no and, thanks. And I think the reality of it is, like, what it boils down to is that you're going to get judgment whether you're the perfect mom or whether you're the most flawed mom. There is something always going to be wrong with your parenting according to the world. Because it comes from outside. It doesn't come from you. People don't know your story. People don't know your background, the context of your situation. We don't. And even if they do and they have opinions, it's based on their own expectations. Mm -hmm. Understand that, right? Like the bounce back of the body. Like, oh, you gained 30 pounds and if the kid is already four, why are you still blaming like baby weight? Why are you still breastfeeding them? You do you, boo boo. Keep breastfeeding them. It's fine. They'll be fine. Free the damn nipple. <laughs> <laughs> I I just think like at the end of the day, if you're thinking about the well-being of your kid and you're making decisions mm -hmm. for the well-being of your kid, whatever that might look like, whether it's taking medication because that makes you feel better, taking your glass of wine before bedtime, taking a little toke in the morning, whatever it is that you need to do and you're doing it with your sanity in mind and to bring the better side of you for your children, do you, boo-boo. Like, I've, I'm not saying go ahead and get like high and completely neglect your children, but Please I'm don't. saying if you need to... Take a little night out, you know, if you need to reach out to your mom, if you need to reach out to your best friend and say, hey, do you mind watching my kids so I can go do X, Y, and Z? There is no shame in that. It is 100% valid. You are loved. You are an amazing mother with every decision that you make. And you're doing a great fucking job. Keep at it. And understand that no matter what you do, you can be... I don't know who would be like the gold standard of, of Mother Teresa. Mo Mother Teresa, maybe. Like Montessori, Anna Maria Montessori. I don't know. You can do that. <laughs> like you can feed your kid organic food. You can play Mozart. You can buy like only 
Einstein games for them. You can have the, the house painted in the colors for Serenity, play music, sound waves at night. It doesn't matter as kids grow up and as we all grow up, we are influenced by our environment, our friends. Nothing that your kid does beyond the point that they develop their own personality is a reflection of you being a good mom or a bad mom, mm -hmm. right? So you're going to try your best, yet your kid is going to be exposed to the world and influenced by their peers, and it's gonna make, they're going to make their own choices at that point. It is not a reflection of, I didn't raise them right. I didn't do blah, 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 blah. You tried your best. Mm -hmm. And, that's all and at the end do. of the day, they're going to be, we have this huge argument, which we're going to talk about in a different episode about nurture versus nature. Yeah. And 50% of it is nature. They are just born that way. If you had that crazy uncle, there might be a little slight gin in there, gene in there. And a little sprinkle of craziness in there. They were like, where the fuck? It, it, it there's so many things that going back to what I was saying that are out of your control. Yeah, exactly. That it is mm -hmm. what it is, you know, and the only thing that we can do as mothers is love our children unconditionally, mm -hmm. pray and hope for the best, um, do what the best that we can in our judgment when we're there, ask for advice, ask for support, ask for help, ask for help as needed, whether it's professional or whether it's a friend or a comadre or a tia or whatever. And, and then just let them be. And, you know, again, hope and pray that they're going to make the right choices. But if they don't, that you continue to love them unconditionally and they're yes. able to come back and say, mm -hmm. mom, I fucked up. <laughs> I yes, saw, you did. Just kidding. <laughs> I saw this quote and I'm totally going to butcher it, but it was along those lines of like, your kids don't need a perfect place or, or don't expect your kids to be perfect just as long as you're a safe space for them to make mistakes mm -hmm. meaning they're gonna make mistakes because they're human they're not gonna have all the answers just as we don't even at any point in our life we still don't have all the answers so rather than expecting your kids to be perfect and putting that amount of pressure and putting that pressure on yourself to rate this perfect little child be a safe space to make mistakes and for them to come back and to you and say them. like yo I fucked up right what a beautiful thing for your kid to come back to you and say like hey i don't know what to do here and you're like well i don't know either but let's talk we'll about it, it <laughs> we'll out together it out. yeah that's what safe attachment is at the end of the day mm -hmm. yep. is how do we go through the trenches together mm -hmm. safely yeah and, and for that figure it out you need to take care of yourself mom and if you're a mother who has grown kids that have a or a stepmother or an adoptive mother or a foster mother, any kind of mother, and you've already gone through the trenches and your children are grown and you're realizing that, you know, maybe I could have, should have, would have done X, Y, and Z different. Um, I'm here to tell you that the point of you making the best that you could with what you had gives you enough grace for you to be the best mom they could have. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, if at any point in time the self-doubt is creeping up on you and the could've, would've, should've is coming in, this is the space where you get to say, I did the best that I could with what I had and I forgive myself for doing that mm -hmm. because I loved you unconditionally.
Mm-hmm. Mic drop. Happy Mother's Day. Happy, Happy Father's Day. Mother's Day. And embrace hey. that mantra, a daily affirmation. Fuck it. <laughs> a la chingada. <laughs> you're, you're doing an amazing job. If you're thinking about your kid, if you're having that self-doubt and that mommy guilt, guess what? You're a good mom. Yep, you got through this pregnancy, you had your baby, you are what they need, you are enough, and we are proud of you here at the elephant on the couch. And whatever's coming, you got this, mama. The fact that you love them unconditionally is all you need. It's all they need. Trust me, we see a lot of kids in our field that come from <laughs> environments of people that didn't love them. As long as you love them, you're already killing it. I mean, like damage might be a little bit, but a little bit of trauma, a little bit of therapy. Spice things Always up a little bit. <laughs> so. Give them a little material to talk about with their therapist <laughs> later in life. You know, we How would like to keep a go. job. Yeah. Thanks. Keep us in business. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I hope that this episode filled your heart with love and hope and faith and affirmation yeah remind yourself to give yourself grace yeah that's probably the biggest takeaway and give people grace in your life if you have a sister a a cousin a friend Friend. a co-worker that's going through this give them grace be nice i think the biggest the biggest loving advice or help that i've ever got was how can i help you do you need me to take your kid for the weekend so you can have some self-care? Oh, my God. Those people are forever in my heart, even though I don't talk to some of them. Lord Jesus, I have you in my prayers every day. So if you have the ability to offer that to a mama, mama, you're getting closer to heaven. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, thank you so much for listening today, guys. We hope you have you had because this already probably dropped after mother's day a good one thank you for listening thank you to all of you who have listened to our crazy little project for the past year we see you ogs we appreciate you and we'll talk to you next time thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed today's episode remember this is not a replacement for therapy professional help is always available don't be scared to sit with your elephant Until next time, bye.